Hey, listening family. Recently, I preached a message on stop the slander in our congregation. Man, there was quite a response because all of us want to understand what slander is. We don't want to do it because we've all been slandered before and we know how much it hurts. Well, in the message that morning, we used a graphic with a stop sign with the word slander and a line going through it. Stop the slander. What is slander? Are we doing it? Has it happened to us? How can we overcome it? How can we measure our motives when we're speaking about somebody and ask the questions that we need to ask about whether it's fruitful and whether it's glorifying to God? We'll find out more about that today on Walk in Truth. Welcome to Walk in Truth with Michael Lance. Walk in Truth is a ministry of Living Truth Christian Fellowship. It's our goal to build up believers and to reach out with God's truth to all people. And now, here's Pastor Michael. May remember the scene it's a vivid one for those of you who are Lord of the Rings fans and you all should be it's in the uh, the third movie the return of the king Smeagol has led the two hobbits through a dangerous journey and a perilous climb to destroy the ring of power but as you know Smeagol's motives are not pure in fact he has caused division among good friends And you might remember the scene, they're way up on the uh, mountain, they're about to cross over into, I think it's into Mordor. And Smeagol has found a way to accuse Sam that he's eaten the bread. And he says something like this, stupid fat hobbitses. He ate the bread, he did it. Right? And so, of course, Frodo suspects Sam and all the while, Smeagol's behind it. He has caused distrust and division among close friends as he leads Frodo into the cave of the gigantic spider. Smeagol is intoxicated by his desire for the ring. And because of it, he, everything he does, it drives everything he does. He doesn't care who he has to sacrifice just so he can get the ring again. And so he accomplishes his purpose and he divides friends and into the cave of the awful spider goes Frodo. She, the spider, is a ruthless killing machine. You enter her cave and you're caught in her terrible web, her powerful web, just waiting to get bit. One bite, you've become breakfast, lunch, and dinner. In a wonderful commentary on the book of James, uh, R. Kent Hughes quoting Walter Wangrian explains that the female spider is often a widow for very embarrassing reasons. She regularly eats those who come her way. Lonely suitors and visitors alike quickly become corpses so that her dining room has become a morgue. A visiting fly having become captive will be granted the illusion of wholeness. But she, the spider, will have drunk his inside so that he has become his own hollow casket. The reason for this macabre procedure is that she has no stomach, and so she's incapable of digesting anything within her. Through tiny punctures, she injects her digestive juices into a fly so that his insides are broken down and turned into a warm soup. This soup she swills, says Wangren, as he makes the point, Even as most of us swill souls of one another, having cooked them in various enzymes of guilt, humiliation, 
subjectives, cruel love. There are a number of fine acidic mixes that we will send people's way. And some among us are so skilled with the hypodermic word that our dear ones continue to sit up and smile quite as though they were still alive, close quote. And in the book of James, as we have studied James chapter 3 and James chapter 4, you could say in many ways, James 4, 11 and 12 is the culmination of an argument. It's a stop sign. It's a warning. It may be the main problem in the early Jewish congregation that James addresses, and it is simply this. It's captured in one word. The word is slander. They have been slandering one another with their mouths, and they've been destroying one another. And so James says in James 4.11, do not speak against one another. If you have the ESV, it says speak evil against, or the New King James, I think, says speak evil of one another. Brethren, he who speaks against the brother or judges his brother speaks against the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge of it. Let's define the word. To speak against one another is a word kata laleo in Greek. It means to be a traducer, a slanderer, to criminalize or criminate, to traduce. One author says the phrase speak against kata laleo is a compound verb that means to speak down on. It appears only here in James 4.11 and also in 1 Peter 2.12 and 1 Peter 3.16. In those two references in 1 Peter, Peter is speaking of slander that comes from non-believers towards believers. So slander from the world towards believers. But here in James, James is dealing with believer to believer. It refers to mindless, slander does, thoughtless, careless, critical, derogatory, and often untrue speech directed against others. It includes questioning legitimate authority, Numbers 21.5, slandering someone in secret, Psalm 101.5, and bringing incorrect accusations, 1 Peter 2.12 and 1 Peter 3.16. The command could be literally rendered, do not speak down or speak ill of one another. This morning, Rabbi Zacharias, preaching on KKLA, said, quote, we have an unquenchable desire for the salacious which reveals our hearts and is manifest through our mouths. Somehow in the deepest recesses of our flesh, we just love salacious bad news about others. And we often, if we're going to be honest with ourselves, don't mind repeating a story, a negative story about somebody else, even if we haven't really uh, looked at the facts, even if we don't even know the situation, we don't mind repeating it. Because in some way, by chopping somebody else down, I feel a little bit taller. I can feel a little bit better about myself if I can run down somebody else and make somebody else feel smaller. And this is uh, happening both in the halls of, you know, academia to the, you know, uh, bastions of government to the doors of homes and inside the walls of the church. There is no place that's immune to it because it's a very human thing to do. 
Very human thing to want to turn on a news story and see somebody else's demise and talk about it with others and say, oh, did you see this? Did you see that? Did you see what happened to so and so? Slander is malicious speech that is untrue, says one writer. Some even argue that the command here forbids any speech, whether it's true or false, which runs down another person. Even if something is true, ask yourself, does it need to be repeated? Even if it's true, even if you could say, yes, I am aware of the facts, I've researched, I, I know this is true, is it necessary to repeat it? And even further, and I'm telling you that the book of James is very challenging, but here we are. But even further, what's my motive in repeating something, what, what is my goal? What do I seek to accomplish by repeating somebody else's issues or problems or weaknesses? I think all of us know very well what our weaknesses are. Many of us struggle with them. We, we look in the mirror and we often decry the fact that we repeat habitually some things that we'd love to shun. And when someone else brings them up and reminds us of our faults, we are just hurt all the deeper. And it's become really a spectator sport in our world and even in the church. Fault finding, by the way, is not a spiritual gift. That was a joke, but I know we're opening the sermon pretty seriously. Fault finding is not a spiritual gift. It is not necessary. The Bible teaches us that love covers what? A multitude of sins. And look, we all have our issues. Now, this passage is not teaching us to take things lightly. It's not saying that we don't have legitimate things to judge. There are other New Testament passages that teach that people are kicked out of the church, that people are exposed for false teaching, and even names are named in the New Testament. The Bible is not forbidding a legitimate judgment. In fact, to follow biblical commands like Jesus said, you'll know people by their fruits, or he warned us about false prophets. You have to use discernment and judgment to obey those warnings or commands. So we have to understand what James is saying and what he's not saying. What he's not saying is that there, there, there is a place for legitimate judgment. There is a place for discernment and discretion. So he would applaud that. He would say, yes, that's correct. Even in his own argument, he has made a judgment. Amen. Even in what he presents to us, he has made a judgment on this church. To say to a group of people, stop slandering, is to make a judgment that they've been doing that. So we have to understand what James is saying. What he's saying is, don't run each other down. A synonym for the idea of slander is the word backbiting. Some of you have seen that word, backbiting. Isn't that a picturesque thing? It's something that you won't say to somebody's face, but you'll bite them on the back as they walk away. It's weird, isn't it? It's a weird, almost grotesque picture of someone who watches somebody walk away, maybe someone they even claim to love, and then puts their teeth into their back. Not once, but over and over and over again. Slander was denounced as the third tongue because it slew three persons, the speaker, the spoken to, and the spoken of. And that's why James said earlier in James 1.19, let's be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to what? 
Hey, listening family, this is Pastor Michael, and I want to tell you about the store at walkintruth.com. There's 27 products up at the store right now, ranging from things like the teaching on 666 from the book of Revelation, the seven seals from Revelation, Scientology, Jehovah's Witnesses, the anatomy of a fall, how to avoid falling from 2 Samuel, and even teaching on the occult. Most recently, an interview with Frank Sontag about the New Age movement and his personal testimony. Hey, when you go to the store and you purchase a product, you partner with us to reach more people like you. So go to the store, walkintruth.com, click on the store, purchase a product of interest, buy it for a friend, and when you do, you'll be partnering with us to reach more people for the cause of Christ. We love you. We appreciate you. You can also give donations there at walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. Click on that store and partner with us today. We appreciate it. God bless you. We'll talk to you soon. It's a weird, almost grotesque picture of someone who watches somebody walk away, maybe someone they even claim to love, and then puts their teeth into their back. Not once, but over and over and over again. Slander was denounced as the third tongue because it slew three persons, the speaker, the spoken to, and the spoken of. And that's why James said earlier in James 119, let's be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to what? To anger. Let's turn to Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans 1. As Paul is talking about the unbelieving world and what they do as their practice. Romans 1, look at verse 29. This is the unbelieving world that rejects God. Romans 1.29, Paul says, Being filled, they are filled, Romans 1.29, with all unrighteousness. Wickedness, greed, Romans 1.29, evil, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, malice. They are gossips, Romans 1.30, slanderers. If you have a New King James or King James, it says they are backbiters, haters of God, insolent, arrogant, boastful, inventors of evil, and disobedient to parents. And so this is an ugly list, and this is kind of what is known in the unbelieving world, a spectator sport of jumping on the, the news story of someone's ugly mess that they've created or something's happened or someone did this or did that wrong. And the news stories will run for days and people will debate it and they'll talk about it and they don't mind filleting somebody on the air. If you turn to the book of Galatians, let me read something from Jim Cimbala. Turn to Galatians chapter 5, just a few pages over to the right. Jim Cimbala says, about 20 years ago, writing in Fresh Wind, Fresh Fire, I said something impromptu to new members standing in a row across the front of the church. As we received them, the Holy Spirit prompted me to add, and now I charge you that if you ever hear another member speak an unkind word of criticism or slander against anyone, myself, an usher, a choir member, or anyone else, that you stop that person in mid-sentence and say, excuse me, who hurt you? Who ignored you? Who slighted you? Was it Pastor Simbala? Let's go to his office right now. He'll apologize to you and then we'll pray together so God can restore peace to this body. But we won't let you talk critically about people who aren't present 
to defend themselves. I'm serious about this, I'm quoting. I want you to help resolve this kind of thing immediately. And know this, if you are ever the one doing the loose talking, we will confront you. To this day, says Simbala, every time we receive new members, I say much the same thing. That's because I know what most easily destroys churches. It's not crack cocaine, government oppression, or even lack of funds. Rather, it's gossip and slander that grieves the Holy Spirit. As I come to this message and come before you this morning, I would say to you that we all probably are guilty in one way or another of running somebody down. Maybe we've caught ourselves as we've joined in a discussion about somebody else, or maybe we were leading the discussion, and then we later realized, you know, all I was doing, my motive for repeating that information or saying what I said about that person was my motive was impure, wrong, and it was sin, and nothing less than sin. We already have an enemy who goes about seeking someone to devour. And by, one of, by the way, one of the names of the devil is a slanderer. If you look up the word devil, diabolos in Greek, it literally means a traducer or a slanderer. Now, in the context of the book of James, we have just read that we're supposed to submit to God and resist the devil, and he will what? Flee from us. One of the ways that we resist the devil is resisting letting him have our mouth and slandering other people because he get this, people, is the slanderer. So he inspires much of this stuff. He uses many people as a tool toward his end to run others down, to make them feel low, to chop them down, and in the end, in many cases, to ruin people's reputations. In Galatians 5.14, Paul wrote to the Galatian church and said, for the whole law, Galatians 5.14, is fulfilled in one word. In the statement, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, Galatians 5.15, take care, lest you be consumed by one another. But I say, here's the solution, people of God. Walk by the Spirit, direct context. This is how you keep from biting and devouring one another. And you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. I bet a lot of you know that verse by heart, Galatians 5.16. But did you know that it comes right after a warning that if you bite and devour one another with your mouth, you're going to destroy one another. Solution, walk by the Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit control you, and you will not carry out, you will not speak out the desires of your flesh. And many times, sadly, the desire of my flesh is to make somebody else look bad so I can look good. It's slander. In the book of uh, Ephesians, just a little bit more to your right, you got uh, Galatians and Ephesians. Go to chapter 4 for a second. Ephesians 4. One writer called Harsh Criticism, Slander, and Gossip, The Devil's Feast. Look at Ephesians 4, verse 30. Ephesians 4, 30 says, earlier he said, don't give the devil an opportunity. That's in uh, Ephesians 4, 27. And then he says in verse 30 of Ephesians 4, don't grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all, Ephesians 4.31, bitterness and wrath, which could be rage, anger, clamor, and slander. Here the Greek word blasphemia, injurious speech, 
vilifying others, be put away from you, along with all malice, which is a general term for evil, and be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. If you, O Lord, kept a record of the sins of my mouth, O Lord, who could stand? I couldn't stand in your presence. I'm so grateful that the sins of my tongue, my mouth, have been nailed to the cross. I'm so grateful that Jesus Christ died for all the sins and even the slander that went his way. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. What were they doing? Oh, you, you said you're the son of God. Come down from the cross. You, who said you would destroy the temple in three days and raise it up again. You, you say you're the son of God. You, you see all the slander as he hung on the cross. I mean, I, I heard somebody the other night said, if, if Peter was one of my close friends and denied that he even knew me three times and then had gone fishing, would you pursue Peter if he was one of your close friends? Would you be quick to forgive him on a seashore and charge him with the work of the ministry? But see, this is our Lord. He is so gracious and so good. We are not called to be on search, spiritual search and destroy missions. We are not called to knock people off pedestals. R. Kent Hughes, most people are painfully aware of their own faults and would like to overcome them. Sometimes this talking down of other is, others is simply because we don't have much to talk about. So they fuel the fires of our conversation. We fuel the fires of our conversation with the flesh of others, close quote. We're bored. We don't know what to talk about. Hey, how about so-and-so? Hey, I can bring up so-and-so's faults. And this is what was happening in the church. Psalm 101, verse 5, if you note, it says, Whoever secretly slanders his neighbor, him I will destroy. No one who has a haughty look and an arrogant heart will I endure. Barclay translates this as stop talking harshly about each other. Don't speak disdainfully of one another, says Martin in the word commentary. We are charged to walk in newness of life. Turn to the book of Proverbs. Proverbs is uh, a book filled with wisdom and challenge. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 6 for a second. Proverbs 6. This is the list of the things that the Lord hates. You've probably seen it before, but let's take a look again. Uh, Proverbs 6.16 says there are six things. Proverbs 6.16, which the Lord hates, yes, Seven which are an abomination to him. They are literally detestable to him. Proverbs 6, 17. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood. 6, 18. A heart that devises wicked plans, feet that run rapidly to evil, a false witness who utters lies, and one who what? Who spreads strife among brothers. I can't help but think of the scene in the Lord of the Rings. Go to Proverbs 10. Look at verse 18. Proverbs 10, 18 says, He who conceals hatred has lying lips. Proverbs 10, 18. He who spreads slander is a fool. When there are many words, transgression is unavoidable, but he who restrains his lips is wise. The tongue of, a right, of the righteous is as choice silver. The heart of the wicked is worth little. The lips of the righteous feed many. But fools die for lack of understanding. 
Isaiah 32, 7 says, As for a scoundrel, his weapons are evil. He devises wicked schemes to destroy the afflicted with slander, even though the needy one speaks what is right. The fool here in Isaiah 32, 7, the scoundrel, he wants to destroy with slander, and that he does. The scriptures chronicle the devastating effects of slander. Let me just read this little paragraph to you, and we'll go back to James. Proverbs 16, 28 and 17, 9 say it destroys friendships, does slander. Proverbs 18, 8 and 26, 22 says slander causes deep wounds, while Proverbs 11, 9 and Isaiah 32, 7 warn that slander can ultimately destroy people. Slander stirs up contention, Proverbs 26, 20, spreads strife, Proverbs 6, 19, and those who do it become fools. Hey, listening family, if you're new to Walk in Truth, my name is Michael Lance. I'm the senior pastor of Living Truth Christian Fellowship in the city of Corona in Southern California. Hey, recently I've written a book called Suit Up, Putting on the Full Armor of God. It shows you how to put on what God has provided so that you can stand strong in the spiritual battle and stand strong against temptation with the resources that God provides. This book is available at the store at walkintruth.com. Go to walkintruth.com, click on the store, click on the book. I'll get you a signed copy and your donation will help support Walk in Truth and help us reach out to more people. Again, the book is Suit Up, Putting on the Full Armor of God, available at walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Pastor Michael would love to hear from you. You can write him when you visit walkintruth.com.